It's Thursday morning on the Daily Wrestling News Show, and you know what that means. We're rounding up the so-called news in wrestling business, and I'm squashing through all the rumors. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MissBellTime.com, a website, database, track, pro wrestling around the world. On today's show, John DeCani has dug through the internet to find some of the most popular rumors, and I'm going to disposition them as news, speculation, or bullshit. We also have headlines for the last 24 hours. John DeCani is in the house, and this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for August 19, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. The rumors are running wild, John. <laughs> Indeed. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Very good. Thank you. We have a good show today. We're going to do all the rumors that, John, you've got a whole bunch of them from Ruby Riot, Sasha Banks, and the NXT taped shows. And then we've got the NWA lineups for next weekend. We've got headlines for the last 24 hours. It's a good show. Let's dig in. Kick us off with some rumors. All righty. Right off the bat. Sasha and Bianca, they missed a couple of house shows over the weekend in the Carolinas. We have any update on whether or not we're going to see them on Saturday? PW Insider yesterday reported that they are both now cleared with the idea of them being at SmackDown this Friday and at SummerSlam. Now, the interesting thing about this is cleared is in quotes in the PW Insider news article. So it's, it's unclear. We don't know really what's going on with them. So when we say cleared, does that mean that they were cleared? For the house shows or does that mean that yeah yeah mike johnson they're cleared to go they're ready to go and they were doing something else this weekend like some practice sessions at the performance center that we're keeping on the quiet or whatever we have no idea what they were doing this past weekend but they are ready to go they will be there for smackdown and SummerSlam. thanks okay wwe having field of dreams envy weird so this came from WrestleVotes. I've spoken about this account in the past on Twitter. It's like an anonymous account, but apparently they've seen what other people have done with kind of going in different venues and things like that. And what they did at Rolling Loud in Miami, they want to do more of that type of stuff. There's even something called Raw on the Roof that WrestleVotes seem to indicate. I don't know what that means, but I guess I think that should be like the undercard should be Raw Underground. And then you have the the middle hour would be regular raw and then the last hour would be raw on the roof. Maybe that's what they're going for. So the thing with what thing with Russell votes is they're usually pretty accurate, but I don't know who they are. They're in a completely anonymous uh, Twitter account. So that's all I have for that. But it's probably some truth to the fact that they're at least considering alternate locations. All righty. Uh, Seth Rollins. We are, we all know Seth's got a big match coming up against edge, but someone got him talking about an Olympic gold medalist recently. What do you know about that? So TMZ apparently stopped Seth Rollins in the Los Angeles airport <laughs> and to talk to him about Gable Stevenson. And here's the quote from Rollins. We'd love to have him. He seems like an incredible athlete and a decent dude. And we've had some luck with Olympic gold medalists before. So why not? Further, he said, I do have a wrestling school, Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. So if he wants to move to Davenport or Iowa for three months, we'll get him ready. So I'm guessing Seth Rollins doesn't have the authorization to speak for the company WWE, but he does have authorization to speak for his school in Davenport, Iowa. So he's welcoming Gable Stevenson in to, to train in Davenport. I think it's pretty sure bet that if 
Gable wants to wants to wrestle, WWE Performance Center will pick him up, no problem. And I think he is going to be at SummerSlam this weekend. So he's already appeared at an NXT. He seems to be his fan. So that would be pretty cool. When you graduate from amateur wrestling, you got to go to pro wrestling, which they don't do at WWE as sports entertainment. So I, I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> Maybe he's got a minor in uh, theater. There, there you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Ruby Silvo slash Ruby Rock. She's still not quite a free agent, but there's been lots of rumors of where she's going. She's dropped a little teaser as to maybe when she'll show up. Well, it's funny. I think I mentioned on the show two days ago that Buddy Murphy and Braun Strowman had said they had two weeks left. Ruby Riot's in the same release class as those two individuals. So her 90 day non-compete ends on August 31st. Now. Yes, she is along the lines of Alistair Black and, and Buddy Murphy. She's putting out these teaser videos called hers are themed around the word runaway. And in that video, the last video, she had a train ticket from Orlando to New York Penn Station. And she missed the train, by the way. So she was running up to the train with the ticket in hand in her suitcase. It was like Perry at nine and three quarters trying to get to the train. She misses the train. So I don't know. Does that mean she's not going to make it to New York? Maybe she has to build, book alternate plans. Maybe she'll go to Chicago instead. I don't know. But here's the situation. Fightful uh, did put out, I don't know, two weeks ago that Ruby was a lock for AEW. Now she can't sign a contract until the other one is done. So she'll probably, it'll expire. And then the next second, she'll probably sign with AEW. Fightful has also spoken to other promotions that have all inquired about Ruby coming in and working for them. And she has told everybody else that she's not taking any dates. So that to me indicates that, yeah, she's pretty well locked in with AEW. All right. Now, whether it's, whether it's New York or she missed that train that has to get alternate plans that maybe route through a different city, we'll see. Very good, sir. Runaway was to be continued. Yeah, exactly. Still to be determined. All right. WWE. The documentaries coming back. This is news. This is not a, not bullshit. It's not speculation. This is news. WWE announced themselves that the first WWE network releases in some time are coming this weekend. It'll be WWE 24 documentaries on WrestleMania 37, night one and night two. They hit the, they'll be on demand as of 11 AM this Saturday. All right. Apparently there's a rumor going around that it's John Smith's birthday. John Smith, our typical Wednesday host on the show apparently it is his birthday i don't know if this is a true rumor or not but he's the same age as wrestlemania i guess wrestlemania is a little younger or a little older happy birthday boss <laughs> okay dead okay documentaries coming back and wwe has yet another new content partner and this, yeah and this is news as well wwe put out a press release yesterday they partnering with the ringer to be the ringer is a spotify partner for producing podcasts and things like that. And it's just like a Spotify studio. So not only are they partnering with that studio, but also Spotify is going to become the exclusive home for WWE podcasts. So the press release did not say whether or not Corey Graves after the bell or the new days feel the power are going to be moving over to Spotify, but exclusive home for WWE podcast does make it seem pretty definitive. Like everything will move over there. I think the ringer also is in some way it's related to, I don't know if it's his thing or whatever. I think it's somehow related to Bill Simmons 
and he is a uh, huge wrestling fan. I love when he starts talking wrestling. So hopefully that means they'll do something cool together. Yeah, he is. I, I've, I have enjoyed in the past listening to Bill Simmons talk wrestling for sure. Absolutely. Okay. WWE released the rest of the year in terms of live event schedules. And we have some news on Survivor Series. Yeah, Survivor Series, uh, November 21st in Brooklyn. That's news. Like they, WWE put out a press release uh, with all 30 dates or whatever through the end of the year. I think there's still a few holes in the calendar later in the year. Of, they haven't made announcements on a couple of Raw's and SmackDowns, but Survivor Series is November 21st. Nice. Okay, going away from WWE for a second. Uh, Mania was this weekend. We saw... Uh, Kenny Omega retained the, the Mega Championship. That wasn't necessarily the original plan, was it? This is very interesting, and I think things will make sense when you hear the sequence of events here, but the Wrestling Observer reported that the original plan was for Kenny Omega to drop the title to Andrade. Now, note that both Ric Flair and Charlotte were both planned for months to be in Mexico for this. So if Andrade was winning the AAA Mega Championship, that would be a reason for everybody to travel there and see him win that title. Yep. So for me, that makes sense. That's what was supposed to happen. Now, All Elite Wrestling controls all the finishes to Kenny's matches outside of AEW, and they had made the call somewhat after this period of time, I guess, that Kenny was not going to be losing in Mexico. Kenny retained. Now, further interesting things, Kenny Omega did not know that Ric Flair was going to be there until he arrived in Mexico and found out that he was there. So at that point, Kenny Omega said, oh my gosh, we should change the title. We've got Ric Flair here, big deal. We should change the title. Now that didn't happen or anything. It seemed like Kenny would have been on board to do that story. Now, the other part of the, this story, because there's a whole bunch of elements to this, is the Charlotte Flair missing the Charlotte House show thing to be in Mexico. So Charlotte Flair was advertised heavily to for that charlotte house show it's her hometown and everything and it, it was a bad thing because nikki cross nikki ash and rhea ripley were wrestling and throughout the entire match you're getting we want charlotte chance so it's a bad situation and i don't know why charlotte was advertised so heavily because these plans for her to go to mexico were planned out for months so either there was a situation where wwe knew charlotte wasn't going to be there and they advertised her anyway, or Charlotte didn't ask for the time off and they advertised. So I don't know what happened, but obviously Charlotte didn't go. So she should have been made to go or they shouldn't have advertised her. One of the two things. Yeah. So did somebody screw up at WWE offices or are they purposely trying to make her life? It's it's interesting. It may be indicative of the power that she holds in the company because I'm sure that they advertised her there that they wanted her there and then she said no <laughs> not, not many people can do that okay we know supposedly changes are coming to nxt we've heard you already talk about how they're going to tape a several weeks shows coming up do we know whether or not that's going to be the format going forward all we don't know necessarily that it's going to be that way going forward all the time we just know that the day after TakeOver, they're taping three shows. One of them will be the Tuesday show. So on 824, 23, 823, they're taping the 824 show. And then on 824, they're taping the next two shows. I don't know if that it means that 
going forward, they're going to be taping three weeks at a time. Or if it means this time they have, they've been talking about the new, a new logo and a new set and things like that. So a new look and feel for NXT, perhaps they're building the new set and that's why they need to take this time, this three weeks, perhaps they're moving and they want to take more time to do that. I don't think that the, everything is really understood and nobody seems to have a story on this, but if they are really are going back to the way things used to be circa 2016 or so, then the taped format would make sense. And I think there's also a question about whether or not the USA network would be happy with this. So Andrew Zarian of the Mapman podcast, he reported on Twitter that he talked with somebody from the USA network and he said a tape, that person said that a tape show is not what we paid for. But here's what I know from WWE dealings in the past when it comes to taped versus live. Back when the pandemic first started, Raw and SmackDown, it would have been a lot more efficient for them to do taped shows. And they were insistent. WWE was insistent on doing live shows because in their contract, it stated that they only had two taped shows that they could do per year. And usually one of those was like an international show. And then one of them was like a holiday show type of thing. So they were insistent on being live because they didn't want to be in breach of their contract. So if USA Network paid for a live show, WWE would be doing a live show. There's no question. There's no question there. All right. Okay. And just to wrap things up, we've already talked about the rumor of this happening. Seems like we have a solid date now for the next Saudi trip. Yeah. The next Saudi trip originally reported also by Andrew Zarian of the Mad Men podcast for October. October 21st, and now it's being confirmed by PW Insider. So, uh, double confirmation, double reporters on that. So good on Andrew Zarian for getting that day early. Now we'll see if that queen of the ring thing happens because that was the other part of the story that, that was being talked about. Yeah. Having the finals in Saudi, that would be, uh, we are certainly a sight to see. <laughs> it would be weird. <laughs> and I would think, I don't know. I don't know. If, every woman on the roster would be up for making the trip. So we'll see what happens. But hey, John, SummerSlam is this weekend, and I think we've got a full card now. We're up to, what, nine matches? We've had a couple, a couple added on Monday Night Raw this week. But the news that came out yesterday is that DJ Valentino Khan announced to perform live at SummerSlam. He will be welcoming fans with the hottest hits in music as they arrive at Allegiant Stadium. So I guess... That's cool when you're walking into the stadium, if you have some sort of live entertainment as you're walking in there, I think that's neat, but I guess the, there's a lot of hype about SummerSlam. It's, it's going to happen. I don't think we have to worry about the, the event getting canceled or anything like that. All, everything seems to be good. We have Sasha Banks and Bianca, but all this to say that do not miss the essential wrestling podcasts pre-show for the pre-show at 3 PM on Saturday. You can find out who everybody thinks will uh, on the panel will win the night's matches and then join us on pro wrestling pick them and make your picks for the, uh, for the shows. John, anything huge you're looking forward to at SummerSlam? Is Goldberg going to win the title? Uh, I'll, I'll hold off on my official picks on those, but this is, I cannot believe how big this card has gotten. Uh, really looking forward to Hedge and Seth Rollins. That's one of the ones that I really think is point flip in my head, but uh, there's a lot of good stuff on this card. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday I had Anelio Cuomo Costa on the show. He is the, uh, he runs CCW down here in Florida. And him and I were talking about just how interesting it is that they have, they have Gangrel as the lead trainer at the CCW training facility down here in Florida. And it's interesting when you look at the brood all those years ago, you got Christian who's made eventing all out. 
SummerSlam, uh, WrestleMania this year was main evented by Edge. Edge has a key match at SummerSlam this weekend. Again, Garrett Grell, he's down here in Florida training the next batch of WWE Hall of Famers and Impact Champions. So there you go. All right. With that being said, John, we're going to take a short break. And when we get back, we have a bunch of headlines to talk through. So I'll see everybody in about a minute and a half. If you love the Daily Wrestling News Show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out BodySlamClothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to BodySlamClothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzenka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Monday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports, and the show kicks off each Monday at 7 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. Okay, headlines portion of the show. We got some fun stories today, but let's start with Dynamite from last night. John, Chris Jericho lost the fifth labor. He tapped out. Yeah, yeah, MJF got that brace off and started working the arm and the elbow, and there was nothing left for Lionheart to do than tappy, tap, tap, tap. He hit, he did hit, he hit, he brought Floyd out. He got, he caught MJF with Floyd, so he hit him with bat. And he went for Judas, but then he had to stop short because... You can hit somebody with a bat, but you can't hit Judas. So the bat, Aubrey Turner's back was turned. He could have gotten away with it. The story, I mean, who was it that brought up the storyline? Wouldn't it be funny if MJF's only losses were in matches where a move with Travis or where a move was banned and then he was hit with that move. So it, it, it seemed to make sense. It looked like it was about to happen. And then Jericho stopped himself short. Still an entertaining ending. I can't tell if this is the end of the story or not. Are we going to, it, it yeah. didn't have like a post-match angle or anything to say that we're setting something up. Yeah. Very odd. There was no screaming at each other as they walked back to the locker room, no brawling, you know, factions brawling afterwards. It was just like, all right, there's the period on the end of the sentence, which I definitely did not see being the way it would play out. We'll see if anything more comes of it, but we have a couple confirmations for all out matches now. We know that QT Marshall is getting fed to the giant. So, uh, poor, poor QT. I don't, I, maybe people will pick him in the pool, but I don't think QT Marshall's going to find a way to get through, get through him. Al Carl saying maybe Jericho's career on the line at all out. What's interesting is I guess Jericho has been talking recently about the end of his career and him saying that he would actually wouldn't do this type of thing. He would say 
he, he wants to go out in a way that nobody really sees that he's going out. He doesn't want to call the brouhaha, but this is, that's what everybody thought the, the five labors were, right? Everybody thought the five labors were Chris Jericho's retirement loop. Yeah. So we'll see. Very odd. Yes. Oh, any thoughts on Paul White and QT? <laughs> or QT. That's all I know. Gonna get some frequent flyer miles on the, the end of, uh, Paul White's wrist. The, uh, so we have the second cage match in AEW history. So the first one was Wardlow versus Cody. And of course, I guess you had blood and guts, which is a cage match. So double cage match, whatever. The second actual steel cage match will be an all out and it'll be a tag team match. The Young Bucks versus either Jurassic Express, Lucha Bros, Varsity Blondes, or Private Party. We've got a tag team eliminator to get to the team that's going to win that. So I guess this all has to do with the fact that the elite just keep interfering in each other's matches. And so now we're going to have cage match. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, every Young Bucks match is so full of everything. Like it's, it's it, all right. For people who are just watching it, it's fantastic. For people who are trying to take notes on it as they're watching it. <laughs> oh my God. There's so much going on. Pausing and rewinding it. And who would what? No, who did that? Putting it in a cage, I don't know if that's going to make it more insane or it's going to tamp the bit, depending on how much room they have outside the ropes. We'll decide on just how insane it can get. It's going to be good. I haven't seen a lot. I don't think I've seen any Young Bucks cage matches. I have seen plenty of Young Bucks ladder matches, both in Ring of Honor and in AEW. But I, the way I look at this is it just gives the Young Bucks more stuff to jump off. So I suppose, yeah. Yeah. So Rampage tomorrow night, Moxley is going to be going against Danny Garcia, Kiera Hogan versus Jade Cargill, and Jurassic Express versus Private Party in the first Eliminator match. I think the Jurassic Express Private Party match is the most competitive. The other two, you'll, they'll probably get some stuff in, but I think Kiera Hogan and Danny Garcia are probably going to be looking at the lights. Certainly. Then Milwaukee next week, we have Brock Anderson versus Al Black. Lucha Bros versus the Bar Varsity Blondes in a little later match. And then Orange Cassidy versus Matt Hardy and Jamie Hayter versus Red Velvet for next week's Milwaukee. The other interesting thing is 2.0. They've been on every show for the last, I don't know how many weeks now. They had a big marquee match with Sting and, and Darby Allen last night. They got a, some guy in something with obviously Moxley and Kingston. And apparently on Jericho's last podcast, he made a comment somewhere in the course of the podcast to the effect of now you're signed with AEW. Now they're not on the roster page right. and we haven't seen that the, all the leak graphic yet, but they're, they're apparently uh, signed. I, I'm going to just say that it doesn't seem like they're fully signed yet. They right. five different levels of contract, but they, man, they're on every dynamite and every rampage. So they're entertaining. And how about that? Someone's found a way to put them in front of a camera so they can entertain us. Geniuses. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with what they do in the ring. They're not the young bucks or anything like that, but they're super, super entertaining. So I think they fit really well. Absolutely. Uh, and it sounds like Miro has called out Eddie Kingston. Miro has a Roman Reigns vibe on this, where apparently he's the guy picking his challengers. He wants that, that ability, but he has called Eddie Kingston to be redeemed. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, first he, uh, he can't forgive Fuego Del Sol for accepting that contract after a loss. But anyway, I want to talk to you, Eddie Kingston. So Miro's video package, pre-tape promos, I think they've all been really good. So when 
what you're right when you like watch that last night it's like it just jumped from fuego del sol to eddie kingston without really a bridge you can understand why they're all pre-taped because they're excellent pre-taped but the, the linearness of them are out of balance <laughs> In the world of WWE, Triple H announced a one-of-a-kind partnership between NXT UK and Enfield Town Football Club. He announced this about an hour ago. I have no idea what the details are pertaining to the partnership, whether or not they're going to have some sort of ring in the middle of the soccer field. Maybe Gary can fill us in next time we talk to him. All I know is if they put that NXT logo on the front of a kit, they're going to sell some units. PW Insider reported that Molly Holly and Sean Davari are now both full-time as WWE producers. Um, Davari is still listed on the Impact Wrestling roster page, so I don't know if he worked out a sweetheart deal where he can wrestle in Impact and he can produce WWE. For the Impact stuff, I, we've, as we've mentioned before, Impact, you can just, that's two days a, two days a month and you get, you're on every show, right? So... Yep. Now those two days sometimes conflict with WWE pay-per-views, so we'll see. But hopefully Tavari can still wrestle. I think that'd be a cool gig if he can wrestle the tail end of his career while also doing the retirement job at, at WWE. It's cool. Yeah, and he's, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, he still can go in the ring. There's no reason for him to walk away from a physicality standpoint. After it. He's in excellent shape, too. Yeah. So... New Japan Pro Wrestling, two news items here. September 4th, Kota Ibushi versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the United States Championship. It's the title that Tanahashi just won at Resurgence. He'll be defending against Kota at Wrestle Grand Slam at MetLife Dome. That should squash anybody's thoughts that Tanahashi will show up in Chicago. That would be a heck of a flight to somehow make it from Sendai, Japan to Chicago uh, and be able to do any sort of performance. Yeah, it's a hell of a commute. I don't think it's, I don't even think it's possible. Will Ospreay, Lance Archer, and Minoru Suzuki will be at the Garland, Texas, New Japan Strong tapings on September 25th and 26th. So added a lot of star power to that. There are tons of tickets still available for those shows. So I hope that those announcements, those talent announcements, cause some of those tickets to move because I'll tell you what, if I was in Texas, I'd be at that show. I've never seen Osprey and I've never seen Suzuki live. So I'd, I'd be there. You can get front row right now. It's still front row available. Wow. Yeah. You've got this great storyline where the uh, world champ who was stripped says, eh, I'm still technically the world champ and I've still got the belt to prove it. And he's showing up in your town. Yeah. Get your answer to that. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Front row, 149 bucks. You can, you can be there. So that's a pretty, pretty good price to sit front row to see those guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Impact, Zicky Dice has apparently signed a multi-year deal with Impact, so he'll be aligning himself with Brian Myers and Sam Beal. Uh, okay. <laughs> Zicky Dice, what character? I hope that the full character comes with and that we have a lot of Johnny Swinger interaction. Yeah, that should be his first major fuse. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> All right, so for NWA, we have a couple of announcements they did on Twitter last night. Uh, regarding Empower, they have they have a tag team tournament, a one-night tag team tournament that they're doing. And the Free Babes were announced for the tournament last night. Previously announced for the tournament was Red Velvet and Kylan King as a team. The Hex, which is Allison Kay and Marty Bell. Hell on Heels, which is Renee Michelle and Sahara Seven. So that's your four teams. The Free Babes, Velvet and King, The Hex, and Hell on Heels. So that's good. 
They also have a gauntlet match to determine the number one contender for the women's championship. Kira Hogan was announced for the gauntlet match last night. She's the last competitor. She'll be facing off against Chelsea Green, Tootie Lynn, Jamie Senegal, Lady Frost, Debbie Malenko, Bianca Corelli, Genocide, Masha Slamovich, and Thunder Kitty. So that's your participants in there. Also on the same card, we have Diana versus Melina and Camille versus Layla Hirsch. There's a four match card for that, or well, it's more than four because you have the tag team tournament, but so that should be a fun card still. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's pretty stacked already. And you, you figure you're probably going to get Madison Rain and Daryl Taylor Wilde added to that card and there's still time. So who knows who else? Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So the NWA shows are next weekend. You've got uh, both the Empower show and then you got NWA 73. The NWA 73 card is, is fully out as well. Nick Aldis versus Trevor Murdoch is the main. Aldis will be putting the title on the line. Trevor Murdoch will be putting his career on the line. That's the world championship match. The national championship match is Chris Adonis, formerly known as Chris Masters, facing off against Jane Storm. Tag team champions Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos versus La Rebellion, which is Bestia 666 and Mechwell 450. Uh, title match will be Camille or Layla Hirsch versus the winner of that Invitational Cup Gauntlet that we just talked about. Tom Latimer versus Crimson versus Tim Storm. Mickey James versus Kylie Ray. The 12 man battle royal determined number one tether for the NWA national title. And Tyrus, the masked man, and Jordan Clearwater will be facing the Pope and the end. So, full card there. That should be fun. Two good shows. Very good. I'm, I'm curious about the Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch match. Aldis has had that belt a long time. And if you took out the short period of time where Cody beat him for it at all in. That was like a month reign that Cody had in the middle of all this reign. And if you took that out, all this would have had that belt for probably 1500 days now, very long reign, but they didn't really have anybody there to beat him. Al Carl is cheering for Thunder Kitty, Thunder Kitty. So, all right. So impact flying up for tonight, we have the new impact wrestling champion, Christian cage. He's going to be there if he can get up from last night. Moose and Ace Austin versus Chris Saban and Sammy Callahan. Doc Gallows versus Stoke Doring. Melina will be in action. Locker Room Talk returns with Tennille Dashwood in the guest seat. She's always the guest. This could be, this could be Locker Room Talk or it could be All About Me because she's the, she's going to be the guest for Locker Room Talk, but it could be All About Me with Madison Reen as the host. It's so. a matter of what graphic they put up behind them. Yes. <laughs> Matt Cardona versus Shara. Matt Cardona coming off his big loss to John Schuyler. So who knows what's going to happen here. BTI, we got Havoc versus Tasha Steeles. This afternoon, we got NXT UK with Tyler Bate and Trent Seven versus Pretty Deadly and Stevie Turner versus Mako Satamora. John, heck of a day for wrestling. Yeah, that UK show. Ooh, two titles, two sets of titles on the line there. Very interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All that being said, we have a special Friday show coming up tomorrow. It's the Daily Wrestling News Show, last stop for CM Punk and SummerSlam and TakeOver and stuff. We'll be in the house tomorrow at 10 a.m. in this normal slot, but special because it's Friday. So very nice. John, did we leave anything out? I cannot imagine there is any rock we did not turn over at this point. I see no rocks. Okay. Then for John. I'm Ryan. We'll see you tomorrow with Al Carl and John Smith, both here for the special Friday episode. So don't miss that. We'll see you tomorrow. 